During the summer months, many of us try to uh, hopefully take a vacation, go on a trip someplace. It looks like, by the way, uh, uh, Joseph's side in the front, half our families that usually sit up here must be on uh, vacation. So, so there we go. Actually, next week, I too will be going on a little bit of a, a vacation. One of my favorite things to do when I go on vacation is actually the drive there. I love road trips, at least for, for me, especially when I, was, when I was younger, a young adult, or even in college, whenever it came to a road trip, uh, we, just would, we would just go. We wouldn't, we wouldn't stop, and we would make sure we could get to our destination as, as quickly as possible. Remember one time my uncle invited my brother and I uh, to join them down in, in Florida uh, for, for spring break. I said, yeah, we're going to fly down. I said, that sounds great. He goes, well, you're not flying. You're going to drive our Suburban down for us, but we'll pay for it. So I said, okay, not a problem. I, I talked to my brother Luke, and I said, Luke, how do you want to do this? And we decided we're just going to drive all the way through without stopping. It's not a wise idea, by the way. But we, we made a little bit of a traffic jam there in Atlanta, but after 27 hours, we were down in Ar Orlando. We just made sure there was nothing that was going to get in our way from that, that destination. I'm wiser now. Hopefully, it would take me a couple days to get to Florida if I were to drive down there. But so often on trips, we, we kind of set our eye on that destination. And we make sure we can, we can get there. And we make sure that, that that's, you know, that our goal now, we know that our, our real trip isn't a vacation. It's not going to, to Orlando. It's not going to, to the North Shore or whatever it may be. Because our whole life is actually a trip. And we use a different word, a pilgrimage. We are pilgrim people. And where does our final destination supposed to be? With God in heaven. And so every single day, every single hour, we should always remind ourselves, where am I heading? Where do I long to go? We hear about this today in our, our second reading uh, from the letter to the Hebrews. He's using St. Paul, whoever wrote this letter, he's using this analogy of, of running the race. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. To run this race of life. We hear other places, right? I've run the race. I've competed well. I have kept the faith persevering in the faith. How important this is. And how do we do this? We keep our eyes fixed on the prize, the prize of heaven. We fix our, we fix our eyes on God, always keeping him at the forefront of our mind and the forefront of our life. Placing him above everything and everyone else. Of course, we have this gospel today. And that's a hard gospel. Maybe when I read it, I proclaimed it, you thought, ooh, is he going to dare to preach about this one? Yes. There's a line in here that may strike us right away. 
where, it said, where Jesus says what? Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? When we first read that, our answer is like, yes, we do. But he doesn't say that, does he? No. He says, no, I tell you, but rather division. Oof, that's hard to hear. We think of Jesus, right? The, the Prince of Peace. It's one of his names. And yet, why does he say this? Is this one of his hyperboles? It's not. Do we have to put this in context? 2,000 years ago, what was happening in the Jewish religion? What were happening with the Israelites? They were already divided. The, the ten lost tribes of Israel. And so now the Pharisees and the scribes are thinking when the Messiah comes, he's going to come and, and unite us all together as a great tribe, a, a great nation. We'll take over the world again. But Jesus' kingdom is not on this earth. It's eternally in heaven. We're already divided. And he saw this. And so he's saying, no, I'm not coming to, to, to try to unite us all together here on earth, but rather to give you a kingdom where there is no division. But how do we get there? Keeping our faith, persevering, placing him above all else. And then he uses this analogy. It's so hard to read. It's so hard to proclaim because it affects us. He says what? From now on, a household of five will be divided. Three against two and two against three. A father against his son, a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, her daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law against a daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It almost appears like Jesus wants this division in a family. But that's not his point. I want to read you a quote from, from St. Ambrose. St. Ambrose of Milan is one of my, my favorite saints. He's a brilliant writer. This is what he has to say on this passage. Are we to believe that he has commanded discord within families? He does not say that a father is to be rejected by his children, but that God is to be set above all else. See that difference? That God is to be set before all else. He goes on. You are not forbidden to love your parents. So children, please love your parents. Mom, she's in the crowd today. I love you. However, I love someone even greater than my mom. God. That's what St. Ambrose says. You're not forbidden to love your parents, but you are forbidden to prefer them to God. Do you see that distinction? It's so important. Natural children are true blessings from the Lord. And no one must love the blessing that he has received more than God by whom the blessing once received is preserved. We hear in other scripture passages, you cannot serve two masters. God must be our master. And we must place him above all else and everyone else. And it's hard, though, because it can cause division. It can cause families to be divided. So often I hear parishioners or non-parishioners come to me, 
And they say, Father, I can't talk about religion in front of my kids anymore. Because if I do, they're not going to come to my house anymore. They're not going to let me see my, my grandkids anymore. That's tough. But who are we called to choose? God. For some of you as well, right? I know this. You've converted to the Catholic faith. And in doing so, may have alienated yourself from your family. It's not that you don't love them. You do. But you love God even more. One last example I hear often as well. Speaking of vacation. People say, Father, you know, I went on vacation and my children forbade me from going to Mass. They said, you're choosing God over, over us. You know what the answer is to that? I am. Not because I don't love you, but I love God even more. And I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on, on him. Because my goal, our goal is, is, is heaven, which is what? Complete union with God. This is what we long for. This is that final destination. And so if you're struggling with some of these things, and I know we, we all are in, in different ways, if there's division in your family, go to God, bring it to prayer, wrestle with God. Say, God, I don't want to alienate my family, but I don't want to lose you either. So help me to use, use prudence but help me always, always, always to put you above everything and everyone else.